Hey there, all you hip cats, cool kittens, you diesel-powered disciples of cool, my friends and foes. Welcome to another great episode of the Diesel Punk Podcast. I am your host, John Pika, the artist also known as the comic book loving, time traveling, prophet of pop culture, the voice of Diesel Punk, Big Daddy Cool, but you can call me Johnny. Along with me are my co-hosts this week, returning. The gang is all together. The band is back. The boys are back in town. We've got Dark Soul, otherwise known as Dark Soul, and we've got the pretty boy mechanic over here, Corey Hillisheim. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. Hi. <laughs> We're uh, as I don't you see get, gentlemen anywhere, but anyway. Well, I'm being I'm well being well. nice. Okay. So um, so as we are recording this for um, iTunes, as you guys are listening to this, you will hear us interacting with our live audience on Facebook. So if you feel like you missed out on something, don't just tune in to see us live again next Monday night. We do this Monday nights at seven thirty ish central time and um we're glad to have you guys in so tonight 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 we are going to talk about star wars episode nine the rise of skywalker we're going to talk about the mandalorian it's not called the mandalorian what's it called now it's called the child oh geez <clears throat> the child okay he we'll... pretty much did take over the show yeah well we'll i saw that meme you posted yeah with kylo ren and uh baby yoda the yeah. child the yeah. child yeah we'll, we'll talk about all of that in a minute and this is full spoilers we're not going to hold anything back uh as we discuss these two franchises in the star wars universe and you might be saying johnny why are you talking about star wars on a diesel punk podcast and that's because we've covered that yeah i believe <clears throat> that star wars is good diesel punk it fits all the tenets all the parameters, and we'll dive more in depth on that. But before we get to that, we've got to talk about ShadowCon. ShadowCon was this past weekend. Uh, Dark Soul and I were uh, there. He was on staff. Uh, I don't know exactly what you were doing. I am the department head of promotions for ShadowCon. I'm not just on staff. I'm one of the department heads. But don't tell anybody. <clears throat> Because then they'll give you a walkie-talkie and people will be radioing. radioing They already tried to give me one, but I lost it. You know, it's amazing to me how, how, how many fires there are to put out. It's like anytime you put grown-up geek adults in a room together, they discover new and creative ways to create problems for the staff. I would rather deal with my five kids. Most people adult children. don't give me much problems for some odd reason. Well, they don't want to give you problems. You look like a beast. Won't, but then they won't get to come back. <clears throat> well, that's 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 a good reason. That's a good reason. So, um, Robert was on. He was a one of the directors, one of the the guys, and um, dressed in his finest zoot suit when I arrived. But you quickly. <laughs> Changed into your pajamas. I was so disappointed. <laughs> For him, it's all about comfort. That's okay. That's okay. And uh, you did put on your kilt later on. Is yeah. the kilt more comfortable than the pajamas? Mm, depends on what I'm wearing with it. Depends on what shoes I have on. Yeah? Yeah. Um, Nothing that reflects. I spent many, many years <laughs> in a full pirate outfit, five or six layers. Yes. 
at Evercon I went to. Yes. Never took it off. So now I'm very much into comfort. Yeah. When I first met you, you were wearing the full Captain Dark Soul costume, and, and it was glorious. And, and hot. I, yeah, but I was like, that's a guy I want to meet. That's a guy I want to know. Because normally Big Daddy Cool is four layers um, with the T-shirt underneath. Um, <clears throat> but this con, I was the future iteration of Big Daddy Cool, a.k.a. the Shaman, and took the rest of the League of Impossibilists with us. And we went down there just to have fun. You know, normally I'm working a con, emceeing, doing entertainment, doing panels and workshops. And it's very rare that I get to just be at the con. And so it was such a great experience to just be there and to see old friends, to shoot some video with the other uh, cosplayers in the group. And then, you know, on a lark, we're walking down the hall and we... You know, I see the box to sign up for the cosplay contest. And I was like, you know what? Let's do this. I've never been in a cosplay contest. I've emceed hundreds of them, but I've never been in one. And so I thought, well, why not? And so I signed us up and um, six o'clock we were in the cosplay contest. And by God, the League of Impossibles won best in show i couldn't believe it especially with all of the great competition there was i mean this was a really solid contest there weren't a ton of people but the people that were in it were really really good my daughter won a prize in that contest yes she did an original jedi which we created okay the con was friday we created it on thursday Hmm. now i was expecting her to like do the flips and the kicks and all that, she did something completely different. I did not expect it. And, and at first, Robert, you know, I got a little bit nervous when she started taking off the costume. I'm like, "This is well, she's 11. She's 11. I'm like, what is happening? What? Some hello." And then it made sense when she was done. Yeah, she decided she was the off-duty Jedi. She was the. Skywalker didn't make it in that episode that didn't get aired. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, what, episode five and a half, she said, I think? Yeah, the one that that didn't get aired. Yeah. It was was funny. It was cute. And she won best science fiction cosplay, I think? Yeah. Last year, she did Not a Morning Person. Who? Not a Morning Person. That's me every day. I don't have to do a She had on for that. Uh, fluffy slippers and pajama pants and a half robe and carrying a co- coffee cup. I around. remember that. I remember that. Actually, you know what? I think that would be a good look for you in I've the kilt. I've done it before. Well, I know you have, but in the kilt, wearing pink bunny slippers. Fuzzy pink bunny slippers. I don't have any, but if somebody picks me up some, I will wear them. Yeah, you uh, challenge Size 13. Not women's 13. No, that's the size shoe I wear. I might have some shoes that I'm not allowed to wear anymore. That You're not allowed to wear anymore? Yeah, with this foot injury, I have to wear shoes that can only accommodate Ah. the special orthotics. And it's... I don't want to go into that. Anyway, so uh, we had a great time. It was phenomenal. And Carlin Stewart, who's watching right now, got some phenomenal pictures. He always does. He always does. He's He's actually... This year, he was the official photographer for ShadowCon. Really? Yes. He should be. 
He should be. Um, I can't wait. And, and I'm in that agonizing place where the show is over. I, you know, I'm suffering a little bit from post-show depression. Um, I, I get really, I start to question everything we did. Even though we, we had a great showing and had a great time and we won the contest, I'm like, all right, am, am I even good enough to walk on this earth? It's, it's really stupid and horrible. But, um, yes, I need a hug. I need many hugs. Um, but the agonizing part is waiting for the pictures. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is the hardest I actually, thing to do. I actually filmed uh, Ava's skit. Well, we brought our own um, videographer to film our our adventure there, and he filmed the whole uh, our whole appearance on the cosplay contest. And we haven't gotten that from him yet, so we'll probably we wait in a few more days. So, what kind of weapon should Dark Soul use in LOI? Uh, uh, a um, definitely your um, cutlass. I've got a cutlass, but I've also got a, a the thing that the Klingon Jews. Oh, Batliff? Yeah, I got one of those. Well, so... I'd, I'd hurt somebody with that, Joe. Yeah, yeah, you would. So I'd hurt somebody with the Cutlass. The the goal of League of Impossibilists is to create a, a mashup. It's a mashup of steampunk, dieselpunk, post-apocalyptic, cyberpunk characters. Um, original characters. So uh, you, you, we, we want to avoid anything that is um, too reminiscent of something that already exists. Uh, everything I do is original. Well, no, I know that, but the Batliff might be too too tricky. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't have anything to any kind of sheath or anything for it. So, tricky. I would probably take and end up neutering myself. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we 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 can talk more about it, but you know the whole thing with the League of Impossibleists is the, they're time traveling paranormal. Heroes defending the timeline. I know what I want against super. I want a Captain threat. Caveman Club. You could do a club. That'd of course, cool. Nash Declan uses a, a cold steel. No, no, I want a Captain club. Caveman Club. A club. A, a pink metal flake bat you could use. No, he wants the like. Yeah, I, I know. Want a, big, I know. Big, <laughs> you'd have to. We'd have to put foam or something around the yeah. bat. We, yeah, well, aluminum. Yeah, so we can we can talk about that now. Here's the thing, though. You, you got to know that anything you create for the group. Is is fair game for me to write about in the novels? I don't care. Okay, no. just I gotta throw that out there. That's care. my dis- disclosure. But I think I'd look disclosure. cool with a Captain Caveman Club. You would look cool with that. Uh, you you know what would look even cooler if you did the the, the caveman with the bunny slippers and no 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 no, no, no. no Kill the bunny slippers. Well, and a Captain Caveman Club. I like the Captain Caveman Club with the kilt. <laughs> I like that idea. Now now. Blake Nash Declan is trying to get a kilt together, so he might fight you for it. Oh, he can't have my kilt. I paid three hundred something bucks for that. I thing. know. Now, with the one you were wearing, is that the one that Crystal Raven fixed for yeah, you? And, yeah, and uh, uh, corset punk that was bending there is yes. where it was bought. Really? Yeah, uh, quite a few years ago, my wife bought it for me. Corset for punk birthday <laughs> or Christmas. Yeah, or they one. they had corsets and kilts. Cool. And there was a great steampunk uh, haberdasher there as well. Yeah, she goes to all the different ones. She's a good friend of mine. Beautiful hats. So she does all these leather hats, top hats and uh, pirate three-point hats. And um, she had one, and she does the colors all by hand. But she had one that was a, a brown and white checkerboard pattern on a leather top hat. 
Oh, it was so pretty. Oh, it was so gorgeous. What? 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 Was, I, I, you know what I want? What? I want to wear a kilt, pink bunny slippers, and a tuxedo coat with tails. Now, see, I, I love, I, okay, I, I love the idea of you wearing the pink buddy slippers, but I think from a heroic, you know, defender of the timeline standpoint, it might be not quite great for a fight. I don't care. I'm not actually going to fight anybody. I know you anybody. don't care. But on, on video, you are. That's fine. On the series. As long, as long as we can. Did I just let something out of the bag? As long as somebody can either duct tape them on my feet or they have a back on them, I don't care. We'll talk more about that. Now, okay. Corey, Corey is working on a great diesel punk. Trying to. I was, I was hoping to have part of it here this week. But I ran out of time and didn't get it. Now, now so I've seen the pieces. Mm-hmm. You just haven't assembled them yet? Or no, haven't yeah, put I'm, them on the coat? Or? I'm trying to get them... I got like those uh, sports sleeves. Yeah. And I'm attaching to that. So that way I can take it on and off easy. It is a cybernetic arm. Yeah. Um, and it looks awesome. Yeah. I'm weathering it. Um, I'm debating upon doing a cybernetic leg and then part of my face having a cybernetic eye with some things like and his whole left <clears throat> right side of his body was blasted away. That's he, cool. Yeah. He's a soldier. World War II. He is uh, a tanker, tank commander, and he's just trying to fight the good fight. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And yeah. and are you going to uh, wear the spiked helmet? Yes. 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 I've worked on that. I've made some changes to that, and I have some graffiti on it. And Dude, it and... I, I'll tell you what. If you could get this finished up Sarah. by uh... Sarah Lucas, I know. I yeah. I'm, I was going to acknowledge her in just a minute. Um, if you could have that together by January twenty fifth. Oh my God! I'll push for it. We would I at mean, least have the so arm great. and part of the face, maybe in the rest of it. But the, I'm debating upon the leg part because that would mean like cutting half my pants in half just to see so, the work. Yeah. So is Bowling Green going to be one vehicle or multiple vehicles? Well, I got big vans. I I got the big SUV seven seater, eight seater. If you, if you want to get uh, comfy, and uh, yeah, so. Um, the the five of us that went to ShadowCon are going, and then if you two join us, that'll be seven. And we got a few other people that want to try out for the uh, group. So okay. I guess I guess this is my audition. I'm auditioning here. Oh, please don't. So let's give a shout out to some folks who are watching because you're like dying to do yeah, that. Sarah Luca is watching. Sarah. Ellen McDaniel, Larry Hoffman, Derek Bruner, Michael Deaton. How you been, Michael? Hey, Alice Axel Kingston. I wonder who that is. George Pepper. The girl with 600 names is who that is. <laughs> uh-uh, my daughter's name's Ava Catherine Davis also. Let me tell you what, Alice Axel has more names than that. Wow. It's called the alphabet. John David Spall. That name sounds very familiar. I know you from somewhere, John David. Tell me where I know you from. Your name sounds very familiar. Speak, John. Speak. Hmm. Or at least write. Can you write? Do you know he'll, how to write? He'll, he'll write. Okay. We, we, we won't get an immediate response. So, uh, so ShadowCon was this past weekend. Coming up next is going to be Vet City Comic Con. But coming up after that is AnacroCon. In Atlanta, Georgia. Are you guys familiar with Anacron? I know where Atlanta is. Yeah, I know where Atlanta. Okay, <laughs> so been there. Anacrocon traffic sucks. is uh, is has been a long-standing alternative history convention. 
Um, and uh, this, unfortunately, Harry Turtle Dove. Well, th- yes. Okay. Yeah, but not exclusively. Two of his books right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, the one where they take the machine guns to the Confederate South is hilarious. Yeah, I'm yeah. working on the aliens attacking during World War II right now. Okay, and it's that is my brother-in-law. Is he kind of hard to? What's up, Billy? Yeah, I like his work, but at the same time, it's kind of just tedious to get through sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I I, I feel you. But so Anacrocon is uh, a a premier alternative history convention this year it's 2020 so they are doing the roaring 20s and uh the diesel punk podcast big daddy cool and the league of impossibilists have all been invited so you know we'll work out who can be there and who can't what's but the date it is uh february something i'll i'll i've got it posted i'll send it to to you guys but um uh unfortunately this year is their final year oh no yeah, you know, we we talked about this, I think, on the first episode, first. how uh, so many conventions are having problems and staying afloat, and we're seeing kind of the burst of that convention bubble, and we saw it big time this past weekend here in Nashville with Heroes and Villains Fan Fest. Now, I had friends that had booths there, and they said they were busy the whole weekend. Well, if, if you take a picture of the crowd at any given time, not that much, maybe 45 people. I mean, it was, you got to understand, FanFest used to be this mega, yeah. like, you know, 15,000 attendee con. And they had maybe a dozen booths. And, you know, they didn't do any social media promotion. And there was a kind of a, a whole nightmare scenario behind the scenes there, too, that I don't want to get into here. But it's just, you know, showing that there's a decline in the market for these big mega cons. Yeah, my friend Jason was there. and. He ran into friends of ours from church, uh, Rob and Sean Lamb. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were there. They had booths set up, and they said they stayed busy the whole time. But at some of the booths, like, especially Rob being so attached to He-Man and yeah. Brave Star and She-Ra and all that. Yeah. I mean, he's got a huge fan base. So Yeah. People come out of the woodwork to see him. Yeah. And was was their daughter with him? She wasn't on this one, I don't believe. She was uh, a couple weeks ago at another one. And then uh, Sean sets up. She has her book series, Young Adult right. Book Series. Well, Brianna Lamb, you, you Lady know, Nerd. Yeah. yeah, Lady Nerd, she's a cosplayer, but she was the body double of Polaris on Fox's The Gifted, the okay. X-Men TV show. Um, so, uh, you know, people come to see Polaris, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, but in Aquacon, it's going to be awesome. They're going out with a big bang, and we're going to be there. And if you were into steampunk, diesel punk, retro punk, is uh, kind of the new mashup, I, I, as I'm calling it. Uh, come out to Anacrocon. That'll be a fun, fun time. And we'll be doing promos promoting that uh, as we get closer. It all depends on that weird thing called... <laughs> yeah, job. And, um, family. family. Yeah, family. But, Budget uh, not as bad. Now, now yeah. Work and family is the more... They, they are covering expenses. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we, we can talk about that. But anyway... Um, I probably wasn't supposed to say that. Dog the Bounty Hunter was the main panel on Saturday. That's right. They, is he still breathing? He, his, he well, is. He his is. wife recently passed. Yeah. Um, I know she did, but I was wondering if he was still breathing. No, he's still out there. Well, so, he, he looks like a piece of shoe leather. Well, that's why they call him Dog. But um, Friday morning of that convention, they had like six or seven of their celebrity guests canceled. 
Yeah. Um, because no hotel or plane reservations had been made. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 this. It's, Somebody it's, fell down on the job. Well, the con is run by the same people who do Walker Stalker, ah. and the, there's been all kinds of stuff. I, I don't want to yeah, get into been it. problems with that for a while. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, a NacroCon is going to be awesome, and the cons that are going to survive are going to be the smaller cons. Just a second. Yes, DJ Nolan. I thank you for your service. He's a law officer in Houston. Thank you. Oh, thank good, you. a friend of mine from high school. Excellent, excellent. Any other shout-outs we need to do before we dive into our main topic? I got my buddy Jason from church, Jason Rhodes. He's a big Star Wars fan. All right, gr- great, Jason. Um, and my wife, Christy, and my mom was watching also. Wife is checking up on you, huh? Yeah, she's making sure I'm at where I'm, say where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. I'm here. I oh. came here. All right, I get so- molested by... <laughs> Dark Soul. <laughs> Any, anybody else Dark Soul before we dive in? Uh, no, not at the moment. Lillian Sanford, which is one of my, I think she's my second cousin or third cousin. I can't remember. She's a cousin. And Maggie Grinnell. That name sounds very familiar. I want to say that's from the pirate community. Other than that, nope. All right. Well, and Jason's daughter, Annabelle. She's a doll. That New Year's Eve, she helped watch my little... she's a doll. I didn't think about that. Now, he's got three daughters and a son, and Annabelle's... He, she goes to cons with him, dresses up, <clears throat> loves Ray from Star Wars, and she helped watch my one-year-old at the New Year's Eve. They put your so one-year-old in a BB-8 outfit? We needed to. <laughs> she was all over that place. <clears throat> so, let's talk Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Um... And I did a full kind of review on my own profile uh, last week, but I'll I'll just give my thoughts and then open it up to you guys for a while. Um, I absolutely loved it. I uh, I thought it uh, wrapped up the story arc really well, the trilogy really well. I uh, I was very satisfied with oh, the yeah. ending of the saga. Um, it made the Last Jedi a better movie, and. Um, I, uh, I, I, I adore Ray, and and oh, yeah. I, I wanted, I want to, see, I'm now ready to see the further adventures of Ray Skywalker. That's oh, that's yeah. what I want to see, and uh, I loved it. But of course, I am a Star Wars fanatic of the highest order. I love them all, and uh, you know, someone asked me to pick my favorite the other day. I was like, okay, what time is it today? And do you want me to pick? My favorite based on uh, story, cinematography, or sentimental value. Yeah. You know, because it, it, it varies from day to day. And um, I, I love... Uh, yeah, there's parts Rise of every one that I like, and there's parts of every one that I hate. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Yeah, absolutely. But you, every day, my favorite may be a little bit different. Yeah, exactly. It, it kind of all depends on the time of day and how I feel that day. But um, I, I, I was really super happy. Don't tap the table. It comes through on the mic. You're a pro. You know that. Stop it. <laughs> you're gonna make me cry. You're gonna you're gonna hurt my feeling. I have one somewhere. <laughs> um, it, I thought it did make the Last Jedi a better movie. Of course, I never had a problem with the Last Jedi. No. I actually liked the Last Jedi a lot. What I will say is, I felt like Rise of Skywalker had an even more diesel punk feeling and aesthetic to it than the two previous movies, especially among the Resistance fighters. Poe Dameron's 
outfit in this with the the scarf and the bandolier. Yeah. I mean, that was right out of World War II or the Korean War. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> you know, uh, Rose Tico had a similar uniform, and you know the the thematic elements of the the rise of this master race, the final order, um, and just uh, always the the empire, the first order, final order, whatever they're called today. They they have the Hugo Boss Nazi aesthetics, and um, so from a aesthetic standpoint, I thought this one was even more Diesel era aesthetic stylized than uh, the Last Jedi, which was like straight out of World War Two and the Korean War, especially with that open opening with sequence with the bombers, yeah. the magnetic bombers. By the way, gravity doesn't work in space; they were magnetic. Your objection has been acknowledged. And take it away. You're welcome. <laughs> what did you guys think? Okay. Here we go. Buckle up. Um, it was a decent movie. But. That doesn't sound good. But. It was actually too rushed and could it should have been two movies. The first movie should have been The Find of the Wayfinder, which is actually a holocron. That's right. Mm-hmm. And the second movie should have been after that. Secondly. It pandered to the lowest common denominator of the Star Wars fan to try to make up for what they thought was wrong with The Last Jedi. Okay, I can see that point. I can understand why you would say that. And and because as creatives ourselves, there's this there's this feeling like I, I, I need to stick to my creative vision regardless of what you the fans think. But J.J. Abrams is a fan first himself. Mm-hmm. And... I think he was making the movie to satisfy his own inner fanboy. Well, that's great, but they still should have done two movies. There was enough material for two movies, and they could have still been a trilogy, just the part one and part two. But you could say that about every movie. They could easily take taken every movie and made it into two movies. Yeah, but this yeah. one, they really, really rushed the first arc. I mean, they rushed the first arc up to get the the... Wayfinder. Yeah, I can see that because all of a sudden in the crawl they're talking about, you know, mysterious radio signals from uh, Palpatine. And the next thing you know, Kylo was killing people and finding the holocron and going and finding Palpatine. That did seem a little too rushed. Well, you got no real explanation as to how this all came about and why. You didn't even even know the planet was Mustafar and that it had changed its. The way it w- the, the, the force way it looked, had been yeah, changed. The, the force has you grown up since You did not even World know One. that. You go from a volcanic, completely volcanic wasteland to trees and snow. What the hell? Well, and that's all explained in, in one of the Vader novelizations that is part of the canon. And really, Lucasfilm is moving away from just the film properties. They are creating an all-media, multimedia in... in uh, immersive universe, and that's fine if they prepped for it. They did not prep the common fan for it. But but you know what? That that's, is the tradition of Star Wars. Yeah, the New Hope. The opening crawl starts with them in the middle of a galactic civil war, and th- that's all we know. Yeah, uh, Jason says if you, you would have known all that if you'd played Vader, Immortal VR game. Yeah, but for the I'd say for the hardcore guys, yes. But for the common just everyday fan, 
who doesn't play the games, you're still going to be lost. I don't think not, it, I don't think it mattered. The, yeah, I, I don't think it mattered that it was I, Mustafar. Yeah, and that uh, it's a cool Easter egg for the hardcore fans. Yeah, to go, oh, that's Vader's castle over there. Uh, but why does the planet look different? Now I need to go find out. I think that's cool for the f- hardcore fans, but the I still casual think fans I still st- I still think the first part was way too rushed. Okay, I do the first few minutes of it. Yeah. Did seem very rushed to me. It was, I thought it, that the first time I yeah. saw it, and I was like, "Man, this is okay." Palpatine's back, and you're gonna just reveal it in the crawl. I think you needed to kind of build up to that. Yeah, and maybe not say it in the well, crawl, and then have it. it, it is, it's been listed that Palpatine wasn't supposed to be back. Yeah, that that was pretty much a added in to appease the fans that were thinking about it. Well, that was a good twist. I like that part. It was okay, but... Because it tied everything back to the first ones again. Yeah, it needed something to make it rhyme with the previous two trilogies. Yeah. And and without that callback, there's very little connection to the original trilogies. I, I'm talking about episodes one through six. Mm-hmm. Um, without... You, you know, because... Look, the whole trilogy was designed to be an exit for the legacy characters... And an introduction for the the new characters going forward. Unfortunately, you still need that tie-in. Yeah, you you have to have that tie-in, and Palpatine was it. Yeah. Um, the the unfortunate thing is Lucasfilm overestimated the fans' appetite for leaving the legacy characters behind. They they really they really misread the fan base there. Oh yeah. Um, and so this was a movie that gave each one of those legacy characters the proper exit that they really deserved. I can see that. Other thoughts? That's pretty much it. Okay. Corey, what do you think? I liked it. I mean, it, I, I do, like I said, I think the, the beginning was very rushed. It, um, they should have at least left Palpatine out of the crawl and have Kylo discover him. And that way it would have been a shock to you. Not like, oh... Here's oh, Palpatine. We're going to go idea. look for him now. That's a good point. Yeah, just leave him until he finds the the Wayfinder, the Holocron, yeah. and gets to the, gets to Mustafar and is like, oh, wait a minute, this is Palpatine. And Palpatine comes out and like scares the crap out of Kylo or something, you know? And made it a big moment instead of just being like, oh, Palpatine's back. We're going to go find him. Oh, here he is. That just seemed a little odd to me. All right. I can, I, I can, I can understand that yeah. perspective. And I would have liked to see more about the Knights of Ren. Yeah, so really I thought the Knights of Ren, Ren. kind of got the short stick in the entire trilogy. I was happy to see more of them in this one. Yeah. But yeah, I want to see a lot more of them. I mean, I want to see them with their own show or movie or well, something. Well, taking a shower. Yeah. Or that. I mean, I'm And, and we don't even really know. I know they have a comic out now. Do they? I believe so. I don't think they're taking a shower in the comic. Well, Too but, bad. but shirtless. We, we don't really even know. How many, if any of them, survived or if Kylo Ren killed them them all? all. Uh, It was not well defined in that scene. I mean, is that just one cell of the Knights of Ren? Is there more out there? Yeah. I I think they did that intentionally. Yeah, Yeah, basically. You know, I think they did that intentionally to to leave room for more exploration. And, um, you know, Disney Lucasfilm has said that the future of the franchise right now is on Disney Plus and mm-hmm. the TV shows and the other multimedia projects. So, you know, it's entirely possible that the Knights of Ren could appear in a different show. Yeah. 
not the Mandalorian because of the timeline. Well, but, partner, that opens it up for time for the little well, series called The Child. Well, well, hold on, hold on. Before we get there, before we get there, uh, what was your favorite moment in Rise of Skywalker? You had to pick one moment that was your favorite or scene, I guess. I wouldn't call it my favorite, but the one that hit me the hardest emotionally is when Chewbacca finds out that Leia's dead. Yeah. And he's pushing people away. He's screaming. He's down on his knees. Yeah. That hit me. That was probably the one moment that really sticks with me. That was a great moment. That was the, just probably the best moment of the whole thing. And I don't, it just. You're tearing up now. I'm, I'm about tearing it. up because it was so sad. And the, I, the other part that goes along with that is Chewie finally getting his medal. Yeah, yes, that was my movie. favorite part. And even when she was lying there in bed, she had, or trying to communicate with Kylo, she had it in her hand. And I love that. Yeah. It ties everything back to those. My favorite was the the, the metal. Yeah. Okay. I I had a lot of moments that I really loved, and most of them were around Leia. Yeah. Um, when when you know, Ray called her master. That was awesome, and then seeing her seeing train, her train her, that was the coolest and thing. You know, you Even know, it was just a short period. Well, and you know, I've been singing this song for the last two three years that. Of course Leia was a Jedi. She yeah. says so in The Force Awakens without saying, I am a Jedi. Well, even Obi-Wan says uh, there is another one out yeah. there. You know? Yeah. So it meant his sister. Yeah. we we It only made sense, but people complained in The Last Jedi, Leia has Force abilities that we've never seen before. No, that's not true. She just chooses not to use them. Yeah, yeah. And and seeing that she scene... She was raised different than Luke was. Yeah, well, and, and she was raised as an aristocrat, as a tactician. Luke was raised as a first a farmer, then a warrior, an adventurer. Yeah, he yeah. had to fight to survive. Yeah, yeah, and so, but I love that moment, uh, that scene. But the really my favorite moment of the whole movie, and it it was not just one moment; it was a culmination of them. Is Ray is laying flat on her back, watching the Emperor bring down the uh, Resistance fleet with mm-hmm. Force lightning, and. Um, she she says, "Come to me," or what was the words? Uh, Live in me, come to me, be something like that. And uh, she's trying to call out to the spirits of the Jedi before. Yes. And you hear the voices. We heard Ahsoka. We heard uh, Kane and Jarrus from Rebels. We heard um, the uh, other Jedi from uh, the prequels and uh, Luminaria. Uh, we heard Samuel Jackson's Mace Windu and Qui Gon Jinn and and. Hayden Christensen's uh, Anakin uh, bring balance to the Force like I once did, and we hear both both versions of Obi Wan, yeah. Ewan McGregor, and Sir Alec Guinness, and I, that that was just an amazing m- moment to me. I the just sad part with that I didn't realize until I saw it the second time who all was talking. Yeah, I knew it was Jedi, but I was like, uh, and I went and saw it the second time. I was like, oh, there's Obi Wan. Yeah, oh, there's Obi Wan again. Yeah, there's Qui Gon, and it took me a minute. Yeah. The first time I think I was so shocked. I was like, who are these people? Why are they talking to her? Yeah, and and then when, when she holds back his lightning with the saber, and then when she says, I am all the Jedi, boom! Yeah. And then for me, the, the absolute favorite moment for me was the very final, very final line uh, in the movie, and uh, that was Rey saying, my name is Rey, Rey Skywalker. With Luke and Leia's Force Ghosts standing to the side, yeah, I just melted. Jason's favorite part was when Chewie, Finn, and Poe 
were playing space chess. Yes. That was, my, I love that. That time. was a good moment. Yeah. yeah. He's my t- other favorite is when they're talking about Red 5. Uh, yeah. Oh, and then Wedge and Tilly is just there. Yeah. For like two seconds, you're like, oh my God, that was Wedge. Yeah. Lando was great. Lando was great. I, I loved seeing him. And uh, they set up they set up a lot of m- places in that film that can branch off into series. Yeah, like finding. What, the, what did the you girls think of the, the the Diwali uh, festival? That was cool. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, the Indian Diwali festival. Yeah, yeah. It, it was different. It was. Oh, it was the, the, it, it was Diwali. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying for the Star Wars universe, it was different to see an alien culture like that celebrating their culture. Yeah. Instead of like a, just a normal big celebration. I, I love those pieces of the Star Wars universe. We got that with the pod race in mm-hmm. Phantom Menace, uh, in Attack of the Clones with the, uh, Dex Jaxter's uh, uh, diner. Yeah. Um, in in uh, uh, Return of the Jedi uh, with, uh, well, in New Hope, we get the cantina, yeah. all the cantina scenes in... Uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back, Cloud City, and that culture, and then uh, in Return of the Jedi, Jabba's Palace, and and the culture, and you have there, and then we um, we saw some of that in uh, the Last Jedi, which I really loved in the Last Jedi, the whole casino scene yeah. in Canto Bight. I love that when you see this glimpse into those corners of the Star Wars yeah, universe. It's not just all Empire and Resistance. Yeah. It's, there's a whole world out there. Yeah, I, I love that. And that is a perfect segue. Well, partner, what's the best spaghetti western in space out there right out of Sergio Leone? It's got to be the child. Of course, he's talking about the Mandalorian. The proper name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there's a lot to unpack. With the Mandalorian, yes. eight episodes, thirty to forty-five minutes each. Really, it is. Um, it felt like um, a two-part movie. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's how it was designed to be. Yeah, we binge watched it as a movie New Year's Eve. All the guys, okay, the girls went into one room, play cards, and all the guys sat in the living room and at my friend's house. And now, had you watched the individual episodes yeah. before then? Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So seeing it again, yeah, but see it all in one. Stretch. Continual. Yeah, helped a lot. So, the first thing that struck me in the very first episode, and you'll remember I said this when we talked about it, is when the Mandalorian walks, he has that John Wayne swagger, and it turns out that the guy in the suit for those scenes is John Wayne's grandson. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I I called that early on. And um, it was funny that, that that came to be the case. Um, was he a stuntman? Yeah, yeah, he was. A, he was a stand-in in the in the costume because Pablo Pascal wasn't able to be there for shooting every episode. So, uh, really, for the most part, there are two, three actors playing the Mandalorian. Uh, there's Pablo, and then uh, grandson Wayne, and um, uh, the other guys whose whose name I can't remember, and I. I I'm so sorry. Um, and so pa- Pablo Pascal basically provides the voice, um, which is a, a really, a really uh, remarkable thing because the way the Mandalorian emotes under that mask with no facial expression was masterful. Yes, it was. He did a great job. I, 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 don't, I don't know <laughs> he, how to do that. He, he was the man with no name. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, and for those of you who don't know what we're referring to is, you know, Sergio Leone, great Spanish director, directed all these great... Not Spanish, Italian. Italian, I'm sorry, spaghetti westerns, Italian. Close to each other. Um, Yeah. Um, Directed all these great Italian westerns, like uh, with with Clint Eastwood and uh, that, you know, did he do Magnificent Seven? I think he was involved with that. Yeah. Yeah. I know he did Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, Man with... uh, no, uh, man with no name. He also did the Fist full of dollars, the, the Nobody series. Okay, with uh, the guy that played Bluto and the blue-eyed guy, Terrence. Terrence Man. Terrence Hill. Hmm. I'm not familiar with that. I'll have to check the that. Blue, out. The right, and, left, and right hand of the devil. I I have no idea the, what that the, is. The Nobody series. I will check that out. Oh, Nobody. it's a hilarious uh, comedy western. Okay. Okay, so yeah, they and Favreau and Filoni, John Favreau, Dave, Dave Filoni, really set out to create that feeling of the the old spaghetti westerns and did it masterfully. Very masterfully. In fact, you felt like you should have seen horses when you saw the blurbs. You felt like, uh, e- even when you're in a spaceship, you didn't really feel like they're in a spaceship. It was more like a stagecoach race. Yeah. Or- um, who was your favorite character in the whole movie? Cara Dune. Mm-hmm. 100%. I want to see her ever on the show. Yeah. You know who my favorite one was? Who? The Armorer. Okay, she yeah. was great. She was. Okay. Yeah. Her and yeah. Cara tied. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know what? All of the characters were really strong. Yeah. Um, up until the, the, like the second story arc with Cara Dune... Uh, probably uh, Quill was my favorite, the Ugnot. Yeah, he was a lot, a lot of people liked him. Yeah, just so good. And uh, spoiler alert: when he dies at the end of episode seven, you don't know if he really died or not until the episode. Yeah, eight. but we knew. Yeah. You really, really want him? Oh, it's the the robot had to have saved him or something. You had to. You just, but you knew. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. knew. Now, the only issue I took with The Mandalorian, and it was full of surprises, oh, yeah. constant surprises, like the, the surprise of the the asset being a child a child in episode one, and then in episode three, you get that huge payoff with the Mandalorians coming down in their jetpacks to help uh, fight him. And, and I had speculated early on, uh, and I talked about this on Rebel Force Radio, that I thought the reason why the Mandalorian couldn't take off his helmet was not so much as it was a, a religious or clan uh, right, as much as it was um, a way to hide the fact that the Mandalorians weren't Mandalorians, that they were from different races, different planets. And, you know, he they mentioned early on in episode three or four, the foundlings. The foundlings. Yeah. And um, I, I speculated on the show. I said, I think those are the children that the Mandalorians rescued and raised in the clan. Yeah. And as it turns out, yeah. so it was. I was exactly right. And um, that we learned that in chapter eight. The, 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 uh, the, the mark of the tribe of two. What was the mark? The mark of the, the tribe horn. of two. It was the mud horn. The mud horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people have been trying to figure out what what it, it was. Well, a mud he, horn. Yeah, because he first denied it. Yeah, 
yeah. then he, he said he wasn't worthy. Yeah, of it. he accepted it. I can't wait to see the child in Mandalorian armor. Yeah, so I got a picture of that. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, I have that too. Yeah. Um, the cartoonish looking one. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it was yeah. great. It was great. And you, I you almost know posted that, it. Well, Lucasfilm has been trying to pull that off the internet. Oh really? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, we just need to flood it. The, yeah, they they finally gave up. Yeah. But for a f- couple of days, I would see it posted. I'd try to click on it. This content has been removed. Hmm. Uh, all day after day, and finally it kind of stuck. But um, uh, so s- uh, chapter seven. What? Well, okay, chapter six. The jailbreak was yeah, kind of the, a, the heist. Yeah, it was Ocean's kind of a 11. filler filler. It was I didn't like that one. Yeah, the, a lot of people didn't. She the pink chick drove me nuts. She's like, oh look, I got fangs, and she'd have to hiss and show her teeth and lick her lips. Well, that that like, was, quit, that, that, that was from the, the Twilight culture. Yeah, yeah, I understand that, but she just, I didn't like her in Harry Potter. Her, her, I'm her and her brother were from the Twilight culture, and they weren't. Uh, I guess well, I liked good. Her, I liked her at certain parts of Harry Potter. The girl who played her, I can't think of her name. She played Tonks. Oh, hmm. yeah. Well, I, but that episode was kind of a filler episode. It really didn't move the story along. Yeah. It it showed how how much of a badass the Mandalorian really was, but as far as the overall story arc, it it could not have existed yeah. and no one would have cared. I wanted to see more about that ship that was rising up at the end that was going to go blast the Mandalorian. It looked like a little P38 style double engine with the cockpit in the middle that he was getting ready to send out out of his space station. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. The robot remote-controlled ship? I guess. And then the X-Wings show up and blow it all up. Yeah. I want to see more about that. The three directors? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Well, and then we get into Chapter 7, and Chapter 7 ended at this place that I was like, there's only one (coughs) episode left. How in the world are they going to wrap up this story? How are they going to go from being trapped in the bar... With all the bad guys around them with their guns out. No Lone Ranger to come to the rescue. Well, that was straight out of Butch Cassidy and the yeah. Sundance Kid. How were they going? Were they just going to go out guns a-blazing? But they couldn't go out guns a-blazing because they're going to be a season two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now listen. When they Not filmed it, fall. When they filmed it, they weren't entirely sure. They had... <clears throat> they had written it to be, but they knew that they had the to. The minute the child showed up on the scene. There was a season two. There was going to be a season they two. They had to. That, that show is now the top rated television show on any streaming service ever. It uh, beat All out. Because uh, of Baby Yoda. Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, and, and so now that we know a couple of things about the way the Mandalorian culture is, because at the end of chapter eight, the armorer tells him. That now it's his responsibility to care for this foundling and to raise him in the way until he can either take the rights of the Mandalorian or they find his family. So it's sort of paralleled uh, Old Man Kenobi and Luke Skywalker. A lot, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Not Obi Kenobi, Obi Wan Kenobi, Old Ben Kenobi. Right, yeah, right. Well, now here's here's the thing: the last, the final scene of episode chapter eight made my mouth drop on the floor because hmm. I am a huge fan of the Clone Wars and I'm a huge fan of the Rebels. The Darksaber. And seeing the Darksaber in the hands of Moth Gideon was mind-blowing to me. It made me it made me squee as a like a little squee. fangirl. Uh, and uh, now I just, I can't wait to f- see the rest of the story because the, the significance of the Darksaber 
is that whoever wields the Darksaber is the rightful rightful leader leader of the Mandalorians. And right now, Moff Gideon has it. And the only logical outcome of the entire story arc is going to be that eventually the child will will wield the Darksaber. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, You know the child is more of a gray, though, don't you? Well, no, I don't know that. I think I think the child is more of a gray. Think he'll walk that line? Yeah. Well, I know Ray with the Force Lightning was a gray. Well, that was her heritage, though. As yeah, but she's a child still, of the Sith. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, but she's still a gray. I I don't I don't think so because she claims the title of Jedi. Yeah. The the gray are still Jedi. They're just the gray Jedi. But that's not anywhere in canon. That's true. Uh, it's right out of... I know it's in your head, Cannon. But could but she be considered a it, dark it, Jedi? It's it, it, it's right out of, uh, not Clone Wars, the other one. Rebels. Rebels. With, with the Bendu. Yes. The, the Bendu were the ones who were in between, neither light nor dark, the in-between. But they're never called gray. And there's a lot of argument about whether the Bendu is just that one, uh, that one being or whether they are a race of specific beings or if it is a title. Now in George Lucas's original treatment for the Star Wars story, it was the Jedi Bendu. That was the full title um, of the Jedi. So his intention was that it was a title. Yeah. And Dave Filoni is the guy who's really responsible for pulling all of those elements of the expanded universe into including the troop carrier. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was never even in the show. That was a toy. (laughs) Yeah, and to see it in the show was was phenomenal. Um, Now, there were a couple of moments in both... There are a couple of things in both this series and The Rise of Skywalker that is going to provide a lot of material for other shows and spinoffs. We already know that there's an Obi-Wan Kenobi show coming. Uh, There is a Cassier Andor show that has started production, but it's run into some problems. Oh, really? So it's kind of in jeopardy. But Rise of Skywalker, I think, opened up the door for a further adventures of Luke Skywalker with young Luke and young Leia uh, training and, and, you know, having adventures as young Jedi. Um, It opened up the door for the the Janna character that... um, you know, uh, Lando was like, yeah. let's find out. Yeah. Yeah, for that all. totally right there was like, hey, we're going to make a movie about this. Yeah, yeah, or a TV show. Yeah, a TV show. Uh, and and there's there's an opportunity for, you know, uh, even uh, further adventures of Ray Skywalker TV show. Yep. Well, I'd like to see more of Cara Dune. Well, yeah. Cara Dune, I'd like to see her past. <clears throat> so Cara Dune is going to feature even more prominently into season two of The Mandalorian. But the exciting part that they just announced yesterday, uh, Favreau and Filoni acknowledged that we will see characters in The Mandalorian from the films Mm. in season two. So I I assume that's probably going to be some bounty hunters. We might find out the ultimate fate of Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, But uh, I'm excited about that. Going back to Skywalker. Yes. What do you think Finn wanted to tell Rey? I think he wanted to tell her that he feels the Force. That's what I thought, too. Because that's what Jason just says. You think Finn could do some Jedi Adventure shows, movies, maybe. Yeah, yeah. because I thought that same thing, too. Because he kept saying throughout the whole movie. I think he wanted to tell her he wanted to feel her Force. I think there was a little bit of both there. But I think, in particular... I Well... I I think it's like, I I love you and I feel the Force. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, I, I joke all the time that him and uh, Poe have a little thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Abrams pretty much dispelled that Did fan. He? I know. Thing. I still. Well, my, just it, my wife hates it when I talk about it because I'm like, oh, we'll watch The Force Awakens. Like, here he comes. Yeah. Cause time he, to hug Poe. He looks at uh, what's her name, Zori, and he's like, Yeah. Like, that was hilarious. That, I want to see more about her. Yeah. She seemed like a cool character. Yeah. Um, and and the new the other the little dude Babu Frick. Oh, I loved him. <laughs> and did we love little old man? Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And, and and did you love it that he was a puppet? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. It, it just so many. And he so was C three PO's oldest friend. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Babu Frick. All right. Another thing. This is another thing me and my son, wife have discussed. At the end of the third movie, they uh-huh. wipe C three PO's. Memory. Right. R2, we don't know at this point, had R2 been backing up everything? And when he got his memory back, this at the end of this movie, did he get those Anakin years back? Ooh, that's a great question. That's quite a had, if R2 had been backing him up since the very beginning, he would have gotten back all his memories of Anakin and the prequels. Yeah, that's a great question. The, the, the silver, silver arm days? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that it, yeah. it changes anything, though. But no, it, it doesn't. But it's, it's just an kind of one of those things, question. you know. Will he now remember Anakin? That he used to be Darth Vader's creation. Well, you know what? So here's an interesting thing about that. Okay, so a lot of people have theorized that the telling huh. of the saga is being told by C-3PO. It's quite possible since that, he's a protocol yeah. droid. That, that that he is the 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 unseen narrator mm-hmm. and the whole saga is from his perspective and so now at the end of the saga he he is able to tell the whole thing because he's got all of the memory back so they stole it from the droid tales oh really that's what jason says the 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 animated series uh, yeah. or the car- uh, i'm assuming the, the, the comic series, series. Well, there was yeah, an animated one called. Yeah, yeah, there's droids. Right. Yeah. I've got it. I've got the whole yeah. s- series. So we on started there. watching it on Disney Plus. Yeah, God, it was horrible. I'm. You're gonna hate me, but oh, he says Lego Star Wars. Okay. I'm having a hard time with the Clone Wars series. Really? They, uh, when I first started watching it, they filmed it or they released them out of order. Right. And people are Jason will argue with me that you don't have to watch them in order. I do. To get any kind of sense of it, I have to see. And there's. I found the list that shows how mm-hmm. you should watch it, and I'm still struggling to get through Clone Wars. Rebels, I like. Well, see, I I think that them doing the story out of order made it more interesting from a texture standpoint because there were these references that you wouldn't understand until later, and it kept. I think it kept interest uh, at a different level. But that that's just me. I I was okay with it in its original airing. Because I didn't think it really affected the overall story because we knew what the ultimate end result was going to be going into the Battle of Coruscant. Yeah. Yes. Nothing. Oh, uh, my buddy Tommy doing the Motorama this weekend. Yep. He asked if we were coming out to do the show on This Saturday. weekend? Yeah. Possibly. Okay. I'll get with Tommy, get with you. We'll, we'll get, we'll get so with you. It's a car show. Yeah. I'll get with, with you this week, Tommy. I, I meant to do it. Months ago when we discussed it. I didn't even it, know about it. I forgot it. Yeah, we, we, we forgot about it. But yeah, we'll, I, we'll, I'll get with we'll the scooter. I'm like, out of we'll suit. Okay. So what else do you got, Dark Soul? Uh, let's see who all popped in. Jess Erlen, Weston Hurd, Joseph Craig, yo, buzzer. 
Vicky, Wes Bennett, William Kears. Hey, William, how you doing? How's the rodeo circuit? Joshua Scott Holland, Vicky Miller. Hey, Vicky, you and Dave having fun in Florida? Angelo Connor, Sam Eldred, Dorian Ball. Dorian Ball knew me when I still had hair. He did. You and me are there together, brother. Buffy Beam knew me. I hate your dad. Let's put it this way. I need to get a cut. Buffy Beam, my mother and her mother used to actually change both of our diapers. That's how long ago I've known this girl, Buffy. I don't think I'd admit something like that. Yeah, She's now a veterinarian. She's still in diapers? Hell, I don't know. It's a legit question. I mean, I ain't checking. <laughs> All right, guys, we are bumping up against an hour. Can you believe it? What what final thoughts do you guys have about Rise of Skywalker or The Mandalorian? Rise of Skywalker was an okay movie. The Mandalorian was primo. Love Rise of Skywalker. Love Mandalorian. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm right there with you. Can't the, wait. These people that do the reviews and they find every plot hole and hated it and stop yeah if you, if you have to look that hard to hate something just don't even watch it yeah i would agree i would let, agree. let us true fans like it and love it and be who we are all right all right kumbaya my lord kumbaya. oh yeah well next week's episode we're going to be talking about a lot of upcoming uh diesel punk stuff and i hope by this time next week to have gone and seen 1917 i want to see that so bad maybe we should talk about going yes. to see it so what? um it's a new movie out about uh, World, World War One and a, a, a suicide mission to um, get a message it's across enemy shot lines. Like it's one long shot too, one continuous really? shot. Ooh, yeah. I is saw it, making it, of it. Is it steampunk or diesel, diesel punk? No, it's, diesel. It's, it's, it's World War One. Yeah, it's diesel era history. It's era. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's not yes. punk. It's era. No, it, yeah, it's no era. Punk. It's history. Diesel history. And, and it's it's a true story. So. Yeah. Um, it looks amazing. Yeah, it does. It looks really, really great. It looks like everything that Midway couldn't be. It's a movie. It's supposed to be fun. Star Wars. Yes. 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 I agree. Hundred percent. Once again, it comes time for Tiny Tim to hold out his hat and say, "Mo, please give us money on Patreon, please." Oh, that's pa- his thing. Patreon dot com slash Big Daddy Cool Shows, or better yet, Diesel Punk Podcast. Dot com click the uh, donate contribute become a patron button and um, yeah a uh, couple of bucks in the digital tip jar goes a long way to help us build a, a more formal set yeah I want and, to do a painting um, yeah I want to do some kind of art deco painting for the background yeah that would be fantastic so uh, you can help make that happen I'm gonna paint my face art deco we do that too at uh, diesel punk next week yeah awesome at dieselpunkpodcast.com Click the uh, support the show, become a patron, and uh, donate, you know, dollar, two dollars, five bucks, ten bucks, hallelujah, twenty dollars a month to support the Diesel Punk Podcast. That would be awesome. Anything else from you guys? Peace out. Nope. Until the next time, guys, we'll catch you on the flip side.